Welcome to another soul-stirring episode of the Dream Hub podcast, where melodies meet the mysteries of the subconscious. I'm your host, Melissa Johnson, and today I'm taking a musical journey through the dreamscapes with Stephen Ernenwein, a masterful dream worker, lucid dreamer, and a multi-genre musician. Stephen's life and work are a testament to the healing power of dreams as he's devoted the last 26 years to creating music that resonates with the soul's journey. As a co-host and composer for the Dreams That Shape Us podcast and creator of the songwriting Soul Retrieval course, Stephen embodies the spirit of creative awakening. Get ready to fall in love with the questions dreams leave us with and explore the muse that guides us through the night. Thanks for coming, Steve. It's awesome having wow. you here. Yeah, thank you for that. That was beautiful. Oh, you're so I welcome. feel honored. Well, you did it all. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I did. It's nice hearing it laid out like that, though. So I'm sharing your music throughout this episode, and it's so cool and I can already tell that there's amazing stories behind it and I can't wait to get chatting about each of the songs. But before we go there, let's go with this question. I want to know what moment sparked your journey into integrating dreams in your music? Well, so the dreams, so I've been doing dream work for 18 years now and I had wanted my dreams to inspire my music all along and they they did subtly and I didn't really know how to honor them in that way in the moment. So I had a lot of musically charged dreams, but I had never really had dreams that were like, here's a song title or like, here's snippets of lyrics or uh, here's a chord progression or hearing the the piece of music. Um, so that part of my journey didn't happen until that all came online in 2017 after I went through like a seven year drought of not writing music. So I have like my compositional instrumental music that I do for my podcast. And then I also have my like singer songwriter, hip hop kind of music. So there's like these two different worlds and I did the instrumental stuff for a while during that six, seven year period, but I kind of was really hiding from like the actual like songwriting for a long time i was terrified of the call that i felt that it was felt so intense and so needed and it was so daunting to me to like try to know how to like live into that and so i was using like the instrumental stuff as like a way of being like i'm still kind of doing it but i'm doing it like inside of myself i knew i was doing it in a way of like not having to do the other so it really created like a really intense kind of dark night of the soul for me and yeah going through like a really initiatory like experience through my dreams ultimately that process came back online after a really deep death that I went through symbolically and uh yeah it was like the reward for doing the hard work that I was resisting and yeah the way that that process came back online was so beautiful and it it made me truly like understand and be aware that like music for me is like such a source of my personal power and the amount of power that I was using to push that away was <laughs> was totally like destroying myself in in the process and 
yeah, I just, um, I'm so grateful for how they've been coming to me. And I'm just about to start recording my third album that's been almost exclusively inspired by dreams. And so this process is, is everything that I've ever wanted all along. And I'm just so deeply indebted to the kind of beauty that's come through them and like the healing that comes through writing these songs, like these, these songs, the snippets that I'm given, they're just snippets, just enough to get me started. It's like an access point to really move in closer to the material in a way that maybe I would have like skittered around it before. Like maybe I, I always wrote deep songs, but they were deep to a, a point. And these ones, like, they really go for it. <laughs> uh, and man, a lot of them have left me bawling and crying and just like really feeling like I've touched base with something like really true inside of myself. Yes. So do you think that when you were like composing and creating music and putting it out there, but you were holding back that your dreams were also like holding back on giving you more musically, like, you know, how you were saying that mm. at the beginning, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't giving you particular things like a song. It may have given you like a vibe to go with when you woke up, yeah. you felt inspired, but it wasn't giving you like particular lyrics or anything. Was it when you then started to be a bit braver with what you were releasing that then you started getting more come through to you? Yeah, I think uh, the way that I've looked at it is that this process is, it asks a lot of you. And so I think when I, when I really started doing like the really hard shadow work that I was doing during that really dark night of the soul I was in, I think the reward that I got was this process just for the fact that it knew that I could finally go there with it, that I, they would give me these songs and I would honor them in the way that that place within me like really was craving. And so I feel like, I feel like they didn't fully step forward because I wasn't quite ready to step into that kind of material yet. And that I wouldn't have maybe been able to honor it in the way that I'm capable of doing now. So I think that like has a big part to do with it. And, and I think maybe just, I'll, I'll share this with you. So right before this like big drought happened, we'll call it a drought. It wasn't really a drought. I was more hiding from it than it was a drought. I always referred to it as a drought, but <laughs> that was like me like dancing around the real issue. Um, so I had, I had two different lucid dreams this was like kind of early in my lucid dreaming where I like, uh, I asked the dream when I became lucid, what is my purpose in life? And I had read online that you could do that and potentially something would happen or maybe like a symbol of that would like rain down from the sky. And so I did it. I was in a dream space and I just said, what is my purpose in life? And Nothing happened for a few seconds. And I'm like, oh, God, uh, this feels terrible. <laughs> Please give me something. And all of a sudden, I like felt a thud next to my foot. And I looked down, and there was a microphone. And I picked it up. And it just, it was just like one of those moments where like, mm, it just felt right. And there's no words spoken. Uh, it's not like the voice in the dream was like, you're to be a musician. Uh, but it just like, 
it felt so affirming. Like when I was 13, I was in a music class and I remember the teacher, God bless her soul. Uh, she, she says out loud to everybody in the class, anybody of you uh, have bands or do you write your own music? And I just went, huh? Like, wait, I could do that? Like, <laughs> I'm only 13. Like, why did nobody tell me I could like try to write music? Um, and so that just like a fire just like lit in me. And I started writing music at that point. And it was pretty much largely hip hop at that time because I had no idea how to write music or anything like that. So I would just like rewrite other hip hop artists songs with their beats and stuff like that. Um, and I just felt very called like that felt like a real calling, like it, the way that that like hit me and ignited that in me. But as a 13 year old boy, like, and growing up into an adult, it's kind of a fanciful thing in many ways. It's kind of like wanting to be a basketball player as a kid. That's how it kind of felt like, well, this may never actually, this may not be really real for you. And who knows if, who knows what is, what is going to happen with it. Um, but when I had that dream, up to that point, I was like, yeah, I, may, I feel like this is like a legit thing that I really want to go towards. But like when I had that dream and I held that microphone, that felt like my soul being like, no, like, you know, you knew, like, I got chills right now. Like, this is your calling. Like, this is legit for you. And at that point, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, what if I don't? what if I don't make it? Like, what if, what if like, I don't know how to make this happen? Like, what does that even mean? Like, how am I supposed to use this? And like, all these questions started like popping up, like, oh my God, now I feel like if this doesn't work out, that somehow it's going to ruin me or I'm going to feel like I didn't get it to work. Isn't it funny how our mind just has to get in the way of our dreams all the time? It's like, you yeah. don't have to worry how. Like, if it's for you, just do it. It doesn't matter if you fail. Just do it. Uh, what you saw yeah. once, right? Oh, man. And then the mind's like, well, what about this? Exactly. <laughs> and look at you yeah, now. And it, doing it, it. I was so worried about failing myself that I did. I ran away. I, I hid from myself for six to seven years, and I... I allowed that to let, and there was a few other things that happened. Like I had a few botched performances that like really messed me up and made me afraid to get back on stage. And there was a bunch of different things that like all collided. So it wasn't just like this dream happened. And I was like, Oh God, it was like a, <laughs> a culminatory like kind of experience, but that was like a big part of it. And yeah, the initiatory path that, erupted out of that that had to erupt out of that for me to actually begin to answer my call uh yeah like i said made it very very understood that like music to me is part of why i'm here it is part of my power it is it is such a true beautiful part of who i am and if, and if i don't answer that at all like if i don't even just answer that whether whether I am successful as a musician or not, you know, if I don't answer that feeling inside of me at all, then it's going to ruin me. Mm. And it doesn't matter what happens with it. Like it's 
to me, it's more about the relationship now. It's not so much about being famous, which was like a big thing when I was in my early 20s. Like, oh, man, yeah, we want to. I don't really care that much about it. Now I would love for my music to become a financially sustainable thing in my life. But um, yeah, it's so much more about the relationship now. And especially the fact that the dreams are in relationship with me in it. It's it's such a deeper process now. It's such like a a more soulful experience where it feels like I'm being met by such a deeper part of myself that makes it so much more nourishing. It makes it feel so much more special in that way that it's coming from a place that I'm not controlling, that it's it's more poetic. It's it it lures me in, it draws me close, it erupts the process in such a beautiful way that I'm like, oh my God, like how much more beautiful can this really get? And yeah, it's it's become everything to me. And I, yeah, when I created that songwriting soul retrieval course this past summer, I was just like, I want to share this with other people. I want other people to, if if they want to integrate their dreams into their songwriting process, I would love to have a hand in helping them to do that because the way that this has just revolutionized my songwriting, it it constantly forces me to like step outside of my comfort zone and bear my soul in a way that I, I wouldn't have. I would, like I said, I would have maybe skittered around it. Yeah. Um, to me, what I see and I feel you in that, like it's scary to jump out and and do something, you know, like that. And that it's uncomfortable and that you were kind of trying to hide from the uncomfortable or not putting yourself out there. But then it's actually more uncomfortable when you're fighting against something that your soul really desires. And that yeah. once you do jump in and do it, that the positive always outweighs the negative of how of how uncomfortable it does feel. I yeah. just I feel you on that. And I think a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people who will know what you're talking about, that feeling of just wanting to do something, the thing that you feel is your thing, but being mm -hmm. like shy or scared of judgment, or there's so many different things. What if I fail all of that? But it's like the beauty's on the other side of that. It's just like don't yeah. even worry about why, how, what could happen. It's you kind of have to just close your eyes and dive straight in and just see what happens because it's just always worth it. It's always like so much more beautiful <laughs> when you go through that initial like, ah, it's scary. I know. Yeah, absolutely. I had heard like this quote where it was like, you can't look at where you think you're going to make it to. Like if you look at where you end up or wh who you need to be to like do the thing you want to do, it's going to feel way too big. It's going to seem way too daunting. It's going to seem like way too far away. You got to just like focus. What step can you take right now? And then the next step after that, and the next step after that, and then eventually you get there. But oftentimes if you're, if you're looking too big picture-ish, which is what I was doing, you can totally sabotage yourself so easy because it, it does, it's daunting. It's, it's terrifying. It can be, especially if you feel like a real call, like, to like really feel like there's something really important that you're supposed to do. Like if you're not careful, like I wasn't like that can really tailspin you and that can, that can mess you up and make you not want to walk towards it. 
at all. I'd love for you to walk us through how a dream evolves into a song in your creative process. Okay, yes. Um, do you want me to use one of the ones you were going to play? Oh, yeah. Could we talk about Let Me In? Hmm. Yes, that was a good one. That I love that song. Um, Me too. I was originally trying to get another man to do the second verse. And when the guy ghosted me, I decided that I had to write <laughs> the verse myself. That song, which you'll hear it, but it it's all about men, like me, like making a plea to men to come close, to to be in brotherhood with each other and to to really be vulnerable with each other so that you know, we, we don't have to feel like we're, we're doing this all alone because so many men out there, they, they don't feel like they have anywhere they can turn. They don't feel like they have anybody in their corner. They can't be vulnerable with anybody without feeling like they're appearing weak or, or less than a man. And it's such a tragic defeating cycle that we find ourselves in where we don't reach out. We don't reach out for help. We don't ask for help. We don't accept help. Uh, and then Look at the suicide rates for men. Like it's it's wild and so unnecessary. And so this dream, it was so simple. I was walking up to this man who I never looked him in the face, but he he felt a lot like a boss that I had that used heavy amounts of sarcasm and uh dismissive attitudes to keep people at bay. Um, so I think it was just like trying to like give me an archetype of that kind of dude. I walk up to him and I I tap him right on the chest and I recite the words, I can feel it just within, just beneath your skin. Won't you let me in? And I woke up from that dream and was like, damn, that is a a great lyric. Wow. So then I, I took that and I, I looked at that and I was like, okay, I'm trying to appease to this man to let me in, to, to show me his inner world. There, there's so much there, like just beneath the skin and I can feel it. And I know that it's there. I know I can feel it in myself. And I know, I know that in myself and I know how much I, as much as I feel like I'm very vulnerable, it wasn't until I joined the men's group space this past year that... I realize how hard I have a hard time being vulnerable, especially with people that I don't know if they're going to reciprocate that back to me. And so, yeah, it turned into this really beautiful song. And I had another dream right as I was beginning to write it that I was at a hip hop open mic and all of the, all of the guys that went up there and were reciting lyrics were talking about how stupid it was to reopen your heart once it was broken. And all of their, all of their like arguments for it were so like flimsy and typical of male bravado and like macho-ness that I was just like, oh man. And I, and while, as I'm listening to it, I'm just going, I need to write a, a, a verse that is like really raw, really true about male heartache and really calls men in. And that's, that's what that first verse became. And when I couldn't get, anybody else to write on that song which i'm guessing is like hip-hop is a hard <laughs> a hard genre to get people to like be vulnerable 
I was like, damn, I'm going to have to write this verse. And how do I write this verse? And what does this verse want to be? Do I just write another copycat kind of verse? And then I was like, well, if you're asking men to, to lower their armor, maybe you got to be the one to start the conversation. And so that second verse was me like really being real about how I feel in my family, how I feel as a man and the struggles that I have. Are you? struggling to climb to a mountaintop up steep lonely out there elevated somewhere alone are you a man crossing a desert uh, ever thirsty looking for sustenance surviving from one water hole to the next while you burn in between are you a man uh, deep in an old forest uh, no horizon on sight haunted and in darkness can't see the sky Got a broken heart, looking for help, but don't know where to start. I know the feeling to see healing is largely an unspoken or often we fight in the pain instead of standing right in its flames. And yeah, yo, we lose a lot more than we gain by building all these walls and layering on the armor to brace ourselves and feeling the trauma. Cause being numb can numb you to the drama. True, the same walls lock out the good as well. And Connect life from yourself Soon all that's left is a shell You're looking out from a barren cell That you impose upon yourself But I don't blame you I'm not trying to shame you Cause shit, I do the same too But we're more scared of our own depths And the duty to love the broken parts Of our own selves than we are to face this life So we stay in pain Due to this cage of strife That we want no part to deal with And so refuse ourselves the medicine To heal it, but I can feel it just within your skin, the yearning of your heart to be open, let me in. Oh, I can be the rock if you need a shoulder to lean on. And I can hold space for you to break it. It's me, you don't need to be strong. So got a broken heart damn where do i start i always look like i got it all together even when i feel i'm holding on by a rip tether always hopeful you know that life will get better but will it ever i feel alone even in my home man like i'm all on my own because it's not often that they're letting and they rarely ever check in because I keep the smile plastered on my face like the worry, babe, everything is okay. But there is no way that I'm okay with this knot in my gut and this weight on my chest that won't ever seem to go away. So, brothers, can I let you in? Or are we merely surface friends? Aren't we tired of having the posture? Aren't we tired of feeling like an imposter? All this suffering and silence, what does it cost you? Because it doesn't make us tough. Just withholds us from knowing true love 
So can we help each other shoulder the load? We shouldn't have to do this alone, so I want you to know. That storm in your soul You don't have to face alone Just let me in You're so much stronger than you know But that storm in your soul You don't have to face alone Just let me in And I won't ever let you go I know a lot of these trains And I know that the journey never ends And that's the beauty of it I've learned through all these different landscapes of my life that I can smile, I can go with the sense of adventure, I can learn from the hardships and the ordeals, and if I'm not alone, if I'm working across a landscape as I did uh, in endurance racing with a team of men, it makes all the difference in the world because you have people to lean on. Man, as that song just continued to like write itself... Because the other part of this is that when I sit down to write, I'm like, please, whatever, whatever wisdom is behind that song lyric, like wherever that came from, whatever you're, you're trying to get me to like uncover with that lyric, like keep doing your work. Like I sit down and I get into a really surrendered state and I just, and I connect with the muse, which maybe we'll talk about. And I'm just like, please, like, keep doing your magic. Like, keep helping me know what this wants to be. Like, I'm, I am the instrument here. Like, please work through me, use me. I'm totally open. And I just follow all of the hits of inspiration I get. And just one after another happens. And then I get to the end of a verse. And I'm like, wow, that like really wrote itself. It usually like, as the, as the inspiration's coming through, you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's such a beautiful line. And then they keep hitting and you're like, oh my God, this is getting really deep and really like meaningful. And by the end of it, you're just like, <laughs> like <laughs> that just brought me to this really beautiful place. And like the awareness it brings and like just where it takes you into your own heart is 
I mean, it's it's really, really special and really meaningful. And I mean, like that second verse, when you hear it, I mean, I really, I was terrified to put this song out because I really felt like I had really took my armor off and said some really true things that were really hard to say and even write. And just like trusting that and like writing it anyways uh, was so healing. And that like, that for me is like where the soul retrieval part of of writing these songs comes from is like, being brave enough to go there with it and and moving into that feeling and being willing to write it and put it out there i mean whether you put it out there or not it doesn't matter but if you do put it out there like that's <laughs> that's a whole nother like step of healing and like ridding yourself of shame that has been a big part of my healing journey and yeah just touching base with those really true feelings and like being honest about them and like really allowing them to hit you and and move into them and and be curious about them and know that that's where the dream was was really trying to get you to go like that's like this is bigger than writing songs that's what i i keep telling people like this is this is bigger than writing songs this is doing soul retrieval work because you're you're recovering and you're you're reclaiming places within yourself that maybe you haven't touched base with it in a long time or like maybe you have been putting a wall up against wanting to feel and hear this song like pokes that little perfect spot that as you move into you're like oh man oh god thank you like now i feel like i i've reclaimed something beautiful in there and now i got this gorgeous song to like connect me with that and I don't know. It's, I don't know if you can tell. I, I love this. Um. I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, I've heard of people talking about soul retrieval and that there's ways to do that within the dream world. And, but this is a total different, like this is like an, an embodying way of soul retrieval where you're talking about like tapping into feelings that you've suppressed and then seeing what kind of beauty can come out through that. And are you, you it's sort of like, intuitive writing in a meditative space or something are you writing or are you using a voice recorder uh i typically write yeah That's yeah so interesting. um so yeah and and to, to speak to that is like it's a especially if you are a songwriter like this is such a gorgeous way to do actual dream work like I think I think a lot of people they they get stuck in like the intellectual aspect of of decoding your dreams like analyzing your dreams and and they you get you stay there and you don't do the embodiment piece so you like you don't take it and you don't create something with it or you don't you don't move it from just the intellect intellectual space into more of a in this way like a creative space where you like create something with it. Mm. I'm biased because I am a musician, but to me, like creating music is is such a felt experience already. It, it's so embodied. You you feel it come through you, and it's it's a part of you, and and it's 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 it feels like it's coming into you, but it's also coming through you, and it you're playing, and it's you're moving, you're speaking, you're singing. It's there's so much to it that is like so fully embodied that the songwriting 
part of it and then the performing and recording of it and oh my god like it it really is like such a gorgeous way for songwriters to like really do deep healing work that is also dream work and it is really truthfully like soul retrieval for sure like mm, i definitely agree with you there's like you were saying there's a lot of like psychological like scientific ways that we can sit there and analyze what a dream means and then you know you could sit around and go oh well that's interesting or yeah. you can really feel it you don't even sometimes need to analyze it because if you stop and actually go inward for a minute and let the emotions erupt you know what it's about and yeah. what you're doing by taking it full circle like you're not just figuring it out or whatever, analyzing it, you're looking at all the different layers of it and you're bringing it through you. You're honoring the dream by creating something beautiful from it and in a way rewriting any of the negative things that come through. It's like you're finding ways to help and fix bigger problems within the world and you're bringing it out to share with others. You're not just keeping it to yourself. So there's so yeah. many different layers here that I can see where it would be so healing that it, it's just incredible. I absolutely love what you're doing. And I was so, I loved listening to this album. It was it was really not what I expected at all because I just heard <laughs> your music from the Dreams That Shape Us and I was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. it'll be like instrumental, like dreamy type, um, polite music. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, my God, I was in love when I started listening to this album. I like, usually I'll listen to music and do something else at the same time and I just stopped and sat for like an hour and just listened to every single song like with my eyes closed headphones on like wow because it's such a journey there's so many layers and I can feel how heartfelt and deep th this music is to you and and knowing that it's come through you through dreams as well it's like channeled through you these messages that the world needs to hear and mm -hmm. especially like men's mental health is really important to me as well. And so Let Me In was the one that I just gravitated to straight away. I was just like, I love this one. Um, yeah. And then the next song that I fell in love with was Show Me The Way. I'd love to hear about uh, that song and, and how that came to be. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for that. That Oh, man, that means so much to me to hear that. Uh that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, Show Me The Way had a really impressive dream attached to it. I was living in an apartment at the time and I had a dream, one of those really awful dreams that like someone's rattling the doorknob, like trying to get in and it, I can't remember if they actually were opening the door and I slammed it shut on them and was able to lock it. But yeah, anyways, there was like an issue with the door and I was furious like just so mad that somebody was like trying to break into my apartment and they stayed there all night and I woke up and found out that they were still there like outside the door and I'm like looking out the peephole and my my neighbor comes out of his door and they start talking to him and then following him down the staircase and as I see who they are as they're going through the doorway to the staircase I realized that they're like Mormons or like Jehovah Witnesses. Like, and I, I got so pissed. I walked out and I'm like, wait a minute. 
you guys are Jehovah Witnesses or like whoever they were. And I'm like, and you guys stayed outside my door all night. Like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? And I'm like chewing them out down the staircase. I'm like, you guys made me have to feel so unsafe all night. Like, and it's you like pretty harmless dudes. And I kind of like broke and the guys were like, they came up the stairs towards me and they apologized. And they're like, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I think I had like a really like hard moment as I'm like in the middle of my fury and I just broke and I was just like, help me, like, please help me. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. I wish I would have revisited this dream. But anyways, they hand me a pamphlet that they said, all the answers you're looking for will be in here. And I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy. And uh, they hand me it. I take it and I'm, they leave and I'm looking at it. I'm pretty sure it's said on the pamphlet, show me the way. And it had like some other writing on it that I'm not remembering. And maybe I didn't even remember it in the dream. But uh, I had this like hardcore moment of like really feeling into that and, and really feeling like I was not that I was lost, but that I was like really in need of like a real like touch from God or like like it just it just had this moment, this overarching like moment of like feeling like. I really needed like a godlike moment to like help me know how to move forward. And the this music just rose up in that moment in the dream. And it was like so beautiful and so haunting. And I remember that it was like a four chord song progression. The third chord was this weird bluesy chord that shouldn't have been in that lineup, but somehow it worked. And that's all I could remember about it. I couldn't remember like what the chord was and was analyzing the music so hard. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I need to remember this when I wake up because I was like becoming partially lucid and woke up, tried my best to, to recreate the beat. And this happens so many times when I actually hear the music, right? Like I try so hard to like bring it back the way that I heard it, but it almost never works out like that. And typically the way that I've I've come to like understand that is like it gives me this vision for what it could be. And then when I wake up, it's so butchered in my head that it at least gives me like something to reach for, like to to shoot for. And in that process of like trying to shoot for that thing, like this other thing happens. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And that feels like kind of like where it wants to pivot right now. And so it's almost like it gives me that nugget to like have me thinking a certain way or like approaching it in a certain way that something I can't anticipate happens. And that's a really cool part of this process is like having something that just like spontaneously happens that shifts it or or, or brings it in a way that feels closer and more connected to me. And so, yeah, that, that song had a few revisions and then I had my friend Mike put guitar <laughs> over top of it. And when he sent me the, the the guitar riff for that, I was like, damn, that just set like sent this up a whole, a whole nother level. And then my other friend, Mike, I had two mics credited on that song who did the drums for it. And that was like, man, we got a hell of a song here. And yeah, so that, that song, I just sat down and that was a real deep surrender. And I just, it is a plea to God in that in that song but the more i listen to it now like it's also a like a cry to my dreams i mean you can you can listen to that song and 
and hear that it's it's me asking my dreams to show me the way too i love that so yeah that, yeah there, there's yeah. And that's the cool thing about this process too is like the songs become dreamlike because they're inspired by a dream there's layers to them that i can't even anticipate when i write them and if i just allow the process to happen to me typically i'll sit back from a song and and i'll be like oh my god like <laughs> i actually hear like a whole different thing in here all of a sudden and that was not what my intention was going into it and this has like three layers now and holy cow like man so. so cool well i'm really excited to play that song so i'm going to put it on for the listeners now so this is the song called show me the way
Awesome. Now, I wanted to ask you, we were talking about this, but it just kind of got brushed over very quickly earlier. I wanted to ask you, how do you cultivate a relationship with your muse through dreams? Yeah, thank you. Um, this is such an important part of it for me. Uh, especially when I was doing the chorus this last summer, I uh, I was really curious to see how this aspect of it was going to translate for other songwriters and because for me the muse the muse shows up as like a combination of like like she's a female for me and she is the musician the muse musician source of my creativity but she's also she shows up with the lover energy and the two are like woven like that and i was really curious to see like is the lover energy going to be really infused with the muse for the other people that come to this class and we really found that that was really true and i was really i wasn't surprised but i was i was happily surprised i guess uh that that really was the case for everybody and for me that's so important because the lover energy is so tied to passion it's so tied to uh really what you live for it's it's so connected to that energy that like wants to go there wants every drop of life the good and the bad like it, it wants everything that's why we can fall into really negative cycles so deeply and stay there is because even though it's kind of a inverted aspect of the lover energy, like the lover wants that. It, it wants realness. It wants that deep intimacy with all of life. And what a beautiful gift songwriters have if they're if they're willing to like go there and offer the world that look into true depth. And I don't know if this is true for you, but all of my favorite artists and all of my favorite songs are the ones that just like go yeah, I know. <laughs> why did I, you do that? I don't even care. Like, if someone's not a great singer, it doesn't matter to me. If I can like feel the emotion that's in the song, like I'll I'll be drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah. So to have that energy linked with the muse to me is is so special. It not only the fact that she presents herself to me as the lover combined with the with the songwriting aspect uh it creates relationship immediately because in through the dreams i am in relationship with her and i i get to see what my relationship to her is like is it are we dancing or am i pulling back is she pulling back like what is the relationship there and that this like creates a whole another like layer of like what doing dream work in tandem with songwriting can really offer you because now especially if you like look so i i have her on my team i also have the musician who i in my imagination is the piano player in me the the saxophone player the composer he's the guy who does all of the music stuff and then I separate the lyricist 
the guy who's who writes the songs so i have her those two archetypes i also include the storyteller a lot the, the wounded healer uh if i'm doing songs that require other archetypal energies like the victim uh the father you name it i call them into the process also and so you get to see through your dreams like what is your relational dynamic with all of these aspects of your songwriting process what is your relationship like with them uh, what is it asking of you to honor it deeper and how can you honor it deeper and there's, there's so many like beautiful ways that having the relational dynamics in your dreams through these archetypal forces that can lead you to becoming the musician or the songwriter that you've always wanted to become and by forging that deeper bond in relationship with those aspects of yourself yeah it's it's a beautiful ride and a beautiful way that you can combine your dream work with your songwriting it's it's really quite beautiful and to give you an example of like what this kind of relational dynamic can look like uh, i remember for a long time see this is part of my problem is that i'm naturally a really good musician i don't have to practice very much to be good and so i don't practice very much <laughs> and if i did practice God damn, I could be so much better and <laughs> holy cow. But so for a long time, like, I don't know what my problem was, but I was, uh, it was secretly sabotaged. It's, it's a way that I was like trying to thwart myself from being out there. And so I would only like give myself like a week to prepare to perform. And then I would not do as great as maybe I would have wanted to. And it was like a really crappy way of like, like kind of re reopening wounds of like shame and like feeling not good enough or like in a way to like try to scare myself off the path unconsciously. Like there was ways I was doing this. And one time after like a really botched performance where I like did not give myself enough time to prepare, I just went into it blind kind of. And I had a dream that this guy who is from the local music scene uh, he came to me in a dream. So he was like the musician slash lyricist. And he, he says to me, you know, I'm kind of done with you. This is bullshit. You never like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, he like, he really gave it to me. And then he walks off and the whole rest of the dream, I'm like desperately trying to find him again. And I woke up and was like, oh damn, like he's pissed. Yeah. And like, <laughs> If I'm going to get back in his good graces, like, I got to figure out, like, what I'm going to do here. Like, how am I going to show up better? How am I going to honor him in that place within me in a deeper way that I'm not, like, secretly sabotaging myself or, like, I don't know. Mm. To me, it sounds so stupid now, like, to think about it, like, <laughs> why yeah, were you not? Because you're, exactly. you're a lot more healed now than you were back then. So now yeah, you see exactly. it in a different light. Yeah. <laughs> So but there's cool. so many like beautiful <laughs> ways. Yeah, there's so many beautiful ways that your dreams can show you what you're doing relationally mm -hmm. to yourself and really encourage you and challenge you to be better. It's it's uh it's pretty wild. What do you do? What are your dream practices so that you can remember more dreams and like stay in touch with them? Well, let's say you had a musician show up and they're like, 
you know, I want to make deeper songs. I want to get in touch with my subconscious. You know, I want to do this dream and music stuff, but I can hardly remember any dreams. How can you help me? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, this will be a beautiful way to say it. I don't know if I've ever quite thought about it like this, but, you know, for me, writing songs is really about me giving myself over to the process. And with this whole process, it's made it even more true to that. That if you want to get involved with dreams, if you want them to be in your life, if you really care that much about them, if you really, if you hear what I'm saying and you're like, oh my God, like this dude sounds like so passionate about it. Um, I want that. I want that experience. And I, I would say you give yourself over to your dreams the same way you do your songwriting process. I think you give, you give yourself over to the dreams the same way you give yourself over to the muse. You, you allow that, that feeling to be all that you are focused on. You just surrender completely. And as you're falling, as you're getting ready for bed, you just really connect with that. You really connect with that deep yearning. I think yearning and longing as much as the new age world has tried to tell us those are really bad emotions to feel. I think they're like very beautiful emotions to feel and to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. And they 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 connect they make you want to connect with something. So if you're not like honoring your yearnings, if you're not like really holding those and like looking into them and like feeling into them and letting them live in you, I think you're missing out on like a huge movement for you to move closer to something really true to you. I mean, I they think that is connecting you with something that you're lacking, but I think it's it's connecting you with a very true feeling inside of you that is longing for something more and if you're not connecting with that and wanting something more like moving towards something more what are you doing <laughs> uh to come back to the muse it's like you're giving yourself over to a lover writing these songs doing this deep healing work through your dreams and songwriting it's like you're giving yourself over to this lover that you want to give yourself completely to just make dreaming the same thing for you. Just make that act of coming into deeper relationship with yourself because that's my big shtick with dreaming. That's what it all boils down to me is like, it's to me, it's one of the most beautiful, poetic, visual, deeply embodied like ways that you can form a relationship with yourself. That That is like what has been for me all along is like it has given me like that's my why is like dream work has has afforded me the most precious and beautiful and raw and real relationship that I could ever forge with myself. And so, yeah, I mean, give yourself to it the, the way you would give yourself to writing music, the way you would give yourself to that beauty, to that beauty inside of you that you're you're connecting with when you're writing music. When you make I know that doesn't give you too many tangible steps, but I think no, that like it's the intention and it's like sometimes you don't even need a step. You know, mm. sometimes you don't even sometimes a dream doesn't even need to be interpreted. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just the feeling right. and the knowing and it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's what we do now. Yeah, because if you had steps, but you didn't have that same feeling, 
because yeah. I guess I'm like all about bringing like <laughs> bringing the passion baby yes. um like if you got that I don't think you need many steps I think I think your unconscious would be like wow yeah, yeah. if you're in it like that like let's do it because yeah. I want you to be in it like that yeah, I need you to sure. be the next song that I want to play is save my soul can you tell me about this one yeah this was uh this actually wasn't inspired by a specific dream, but it, it really encapsulates so much of like what the journey has been for me. Yeah, that, that was like such a deep, beautiful song. And at first when that chorus like came through me, like I'm calling out to you. My dreams at night are all about you. I'm like, what am I writing about? Like, <laughs> it was like mysterious to me too. And it felt so like right. I'm like, am I writing about the muse? Like, is this about her? And it is, but it's it's also like me calling out to my soul. Like, where how do how do I come closer to you? Like, where are you? Sometimes it feels like. Uh especially, I mean, so much of this music came out of that hard time I went through. That it, this is like still like a process of me like really understanding what I went through and like honoring what I went through. That yeah, that that song is like a, a deep ode to all of the hardship of feeling like I pushed myself so far away from my soul, like hiding from myself like that, that yeah, that was like a huge cry for me to find my way home and to save my soul and to to really come back into true relationship with it and the hard path that it was that it took for me to find my way there. And that song in particular, the musicianship on it, like the piano when I was recording it, I, I goofed one of the chords. There's, there's a moment within the verse where like the piano, like really opens up and you're like, Whoa, it just kind of transports you for a second there. That was not a chord that was supposed to be there. And I have no idea how to play that chord. <laughs> I was like spooked. Like I tried to figure it out and I kind of know the chord, but I don't know how to play it in a way that like created that same sonic atmosphere. <laughs> And I'm like, I will never be able to reduplicate that. There were so many different little ways and the way that Mike Hanslow like played the drums on it and this the sax that I ripped on it. Like there's so many moments in there where I'm like, this is like this is the song that I've always wanted to write and never thought that I would actually do it. Like there's so many like great musicians that I like hear songs of theirs and I know every little like cymbal hit and like and I'm just waiting for those one moments where like a fill happens on the drums or like a guy's ripping a solo of some sort. And I'm just like, God, this is so like, and I'm like, I'm never going to write a song where all of the elements kind of just fit right. And you're like waiting for the next element that you really like about it. That song is like that for me, like just the way that the, the moan kind of soul aching moan that I do kind of, dances with the saxophone and the keys i don't know it's just and I, this song actually is where i taught myself how to harmonize so like the the harmony voices you hear in the bridge uh that was my first attempt and that like changed everything for me i was like oh my god like i didn't think i could do that and so that song in particular even though it wasn't inspired by a dream there were so many different things that happened in the creation of it that that edged me up and 
revealed to me like so much more of like what my music could be and what it could sound like and it's so haunting and just uh i don't know i love that song and i it's it's weird for me to like gush so hard about my own music uh no but it is really good and i can't wait to play it i'm gonna pop it on now but um, does it it kind of reminds me of you know like if someone's had something that they're like pushing themselves away from or like i don't know it just reminds me kind of like the start of when you're about to discover your own dream world like mm. I get a lot of beginners coming to me that are just like, uh, you know, overwhelmed with life or whatever. And they've heard that dream therapy could be helpful or people that are having nightmares and stuff like that. And this song kind of reminds me of like that beginning place. A lot of people that I've spoken to that are like experienced dreamers, a lot of us have become that way from a really negative, critical time in their lives. Like, we're all sort of like phoenixes rising from the ashes, you know, where we've yeah, had a big definitely. downfall first and then like this awakening. And yeah, this song just kind of reminded me of that moment where you've you've had the shit in your life and you're ready mm. to ask for help and you're ready to turn it around and you're ready to like face yourself and dive in. So I absolutely, yeah. I love it for that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. my past so I could finally move on but I've tried to push through it so fast and it's taking so long but I'm trying to trust this process as it unfolds but I've had to risk losing everything just to save my soul and I'm love without restraining see i've been trying to break my depths and i've gone so deep that i lost who i thought i was but recovered the real me and see i've been trying to trust this process 
as it unfolds. I've had to embrace my deepest shadows just to save my soul. Now I'm caught. I wanted to talk to you about your course, the Songwriting Soul Retrieval course. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's called Songwriting Soul Retrieval, and it's it's an eight week online course. We we have like a weekly Zoom call, and we have like a Telegram group where throughout the weeks you drop you drop uh, dreams in. We as a group we all look at them and. And work with them and even on the uh, even on the weekly calls we were doing a lot of dream work and like embodying certain characters and 
we we had this really cool kind of gestalt kind of exercise we did a lot where you would become a character or an aspect of the dream and then everybody would ask you interview style questions like very open-ended socratic like questions uh and you would answer them as that character and you would connect with that you would we would we would walk you through like stepping into them and feeling their skin on yours or like their feelings in your body and it was so crazy like how that actually really would like you would feel it you would you would feel what that wanted to say and i yeah it was a really beautiful way of of doing that together as a group um but yeah then we would we would drop in songs that we were working on based on dreams that we had and we had a bunch of little activities we were doing where uh one of them <laughs> one of them she uh she was having kind of a hard time knowing how to connect with her muse and uh she ended up being inspired by somebody who told her that uh um shoot what's his name who's the guy who sings uh with Freddie Mercury that song under pressure i can see his face can't think of his name David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie. Oh my God. Yeah, that he uh he had this process of uh where he would just take clippings from magazines. He would just like take little snippets from magazine covers and all kinds of stuff. He would like throw them in a hat and he would just pick pick lines and stuff and he would lay them out and he would he would take that as like a skeleton. And then he would he would kind of edit it the way he wanted it to be. But that's how he wrote quite a few of his songs. Um, and so she took snippets, like lines from some of her dreams that felt really meaningful, that really stuck out to her. And then she put printed those off, put those in a hat and drew from that and, and wrote a song like that, which was I not anything that. I like. It's <laughs> yeah. really cool. It's kind of like a really intuitive way of letting letting the song write itself. Mm -hmm. Like there's that thing called bibliomancy where if you want to know an answer to a question, you just pick like a random book off the bookshelf, mm. click all the pages and then just pick a paragraph. And that's like your yeah. message from the universe. Kind of reminds I me do of like that. that. Or just like. Yeah, it was really wild. That was like something that I was like, I couldn't anticipate going into holding that class and was just like, man, I just love like how. How varied and how different like everybody's approach is and like there's so many different ways that you can do this and that you can relate to the dreams that you're getting. And yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful process and it, it was, it was really wild to like see. So I have like a skeleton for the course, like the first, first week or two, we're really trying to establish that relationship with the muse because I feel like that's most important. Um, and to see the muse dreams that were happening for people, like I was like, Oh my God, like so much of this course was hinged on hoping that people's dream incubations would actually stick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to see that it did was like really wild because i know how like finicky that process can be sometimes that i was like really like praying hard like this either like really falls apart for me really fast or or whatnot but yeah it was really beautiful to see that a group of people coming together around this shared intention must have really like 
done something for their psyche where it was like, okay, well, you committed to be here, to be in this container. We're going to give you the work. Like we're going to, we're going to show up with you to help you do this. And that was beautiful to see. So man, everybody, if a couple of people didn't write songs within the context of the group, but you could see that the process was working them in a different way. Uh, I, I feel like the process met everybody where they needed to be or where they were at currently. And yes, yeah, so for some people like to have the relationship with the muse was a struggle because some people have wounded muse figures. I had a really wounded muse figure. Um, and so if you have a lot of, if you've received a lot of critique and that critique has become your own on your work, if you're really hard on your work, um, if you're a perfectionist and you don't even put music out or do anything with it because you don't ever write it because you're so hard on yourself that it has to be perfect. So there, there's when you begin to open up that relationship, like I said, like you get to see first firsthand, like what that relationship looks like. And that could become the whole eight weeks for you. Like <laughs> just being able to get around that, because if you can't get around that, then sitting down to write music feels really uninspired. It feels really like you don't have that connection there. Um, or the muse feels so overburdened or, or, or hurt based on your critique or your criticism or the criticism that you've received from your parents or from, whoever did a really shitty thing sometime in your life and like put that down hard. Uh, there's a lot of work that potentially has to come for them to turn back towards you. And if we look at that in the, in the capacity of like having writer's block or, or just feeling like you're in a drought, like I had to do a lot of work to get my muse to come back around to me because the fact that I went, I am terrified to walk down that path. I feel very daunted. I, I can sense like how important it is to me. And I can sense just how much of my own comfort level I'm going to have to step out of or like, yeah. So when I finally came back around, like, man, it was, it was tough. Like she was like, you're going to have to prove yourself to me. Like, <laughs> You're going to have to do the work now. You're going to have to go out there and perform. You're going to have to write the songs. You're going to have to actually own me and embody me and welcome me into this process in a way that you never have for me to be there with you because I want to know that it's real this time. It's such like a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was about to uh, say, it sounds like your ex took you back. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in that, but it makes a lot of sense. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And so it's. Just, sorry, you go. Uh, I was just going to say that. Yeah. And then she appeared on a couple occasions in that in those early days as a few ex-girlfriends of mine. One of them specifically was a musician. So it like was really appropriate. That makes a lot of <laughs> <And> sense. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a ride, man. And I'm still in that dance with her because I'm still, I still, I'm not arising fully to what I, what I, where I want to be. And I'm still kind of like, because I guess the, the hesitancy for me is like, this is very vulnerable. This is, 
my music is such a part of me that to put it out is so vulnerable. And if I, if I don't receive the reaction that I want in my heart, like, what does that do to me? What does that say about me? Like, there's all these dumb voices that come up. You just up have to and... go back and remember that if you don't do it and you're not vulnerable, how are you going to feel then? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. Exactly. Well, you're putting it out there now on this episode. So hopefully she'll be very happy with you tonight <laughs> and you'll have a lovely I dream. <laughs> exactly. So when you oh, help man. connect people with their muse, is it just like you you use like dream incubation and you're kind of willing them in? Or do you have any other kind of a technique that you use to help people kind of uncover who their muse is? Yeah, so the way that you can you can look at the muse is that the muse is that feeling. She is that energy or he for the for the women that were in my in my class, it did he did appear as a man. Um uh, that that feeling that you've you've always felt as a songwriter that comes into you, that moves through you as you're playing, that feels like something greater is happening here uh that is her that is her energy that is that spirit within you that is moving forward you can call her your soul i mean the height of what this means for you as a songwriter doing this kind of work is that she is she is the the anima she is uh she is the uh emissary of the deep unconscious, like the true self. Uh, I mean, the way that Carl Jung talks about the anima experience is that she is kind of the, she is, is, is the, the, the figurehead who is like the relational kind of bridge between you and the self. And so your relationship to her and the way that that relationship is like that, that is your bond, the sacred marriage is the sacred marriage because that is you being in union with the true self. Mm. Um, and so this is that deep of work. Like this work can be that deep for you. It's, it is your soul. It is you being in communion with your soul in a way that is so true for you as a musician. That is, that is the way forward for you as a musician. If this is something that really like lives in you, like this is, this is how you can be with dreams and be with yourself in the context of being a musician, being a person, being a human that, and that's what makes it so special to me is because this is, this is so much of why this is soul retrieval for me, because this is the relationship that you are, forging by doing this work is being in relationship with her is being in relationship with yourself and your deepest self i will i would say and so yeah if if you're having a hard time with dreams and yeah because the incubation part is part of it like you're you're opening yourself up asking for her to show herself or her, or himself um or their self, however your muse wants to show up. Um, and if that's hard for you, if, if you're having a hard time with that, the way you can relate that and begin that process in your waking life is by connecting with that feeling and realizing that this feeling that you've always had 
where when you sink deep into writing your song that that space that you exist in that dark inviting beautiful warm space that that you're in that cocoons around you as you're writing like that that is where you connect with her and so just being in that process and like being more intentional or being deeper about it or being more in relationship with her as creativity itself so you could you could look at her as the essence of creativity itself and how are you in relationship with that and how are you approaching that relationship are you just demanding the beauty of the muse to come through you are you are you forcing it are you are you trying too hard to make it be what you want it to be um because that's that's so much of the process for me is like letting go of that and being like how can we be in this together so if you open that door as a collaboration with your soul with the creativity present in this universe that does move through us what can that be like for you? Like, how can you, how can you sit in that space? And if you can hold it like that, what comes out of that? Like, as you sit there and you allow that kind of an experience to happen, instead of just sitting down and being like, Oh, let's, let's, uh, let's fiddle around until we find something we like, like that is part of it for me. But to have that moment of like intentionality where like, no, this is bigger this is a bigger process. This is more meaningful to me than just writing music. Mm. This has more import. This is this is about me forging a deeper relationship with my soul. Um, that coming at it from that angle, I feel like that that is a good access point for you to discover something more special about yourself or or about the process for you. Because then you're open, then then you're in a in a more state of surrender where where magic can happen, where these beautiful little accidents can happen that you weren't anticipating, that you couldn't anticipate, and as you move with them and flow with them, things happen. Your music is writing itself through you. You don't. You're not even trying. It's just happening, and you're just marveling while it's happening, and you're just in that flow state, like. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. So if you're struggling, I would invite you to think about it as a relationship. I would invite you to inspect what your relationship is to your creativity. What is it? What is your relationship to your heart and soul? What is how how capable or what capacity do you have for being so open to a relationship there? Um and yeah, how deep are you willing to go? How how true are you willing to be to that space within you? And yeah, go I there know. and see what comes up. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's really inspirational. Like I'm no musician at all, but I can resonate with what you're saying in the way that I used to be an artist and yeah, I'd have a wounded muse in there as well because I've completely shut that out as well. But I know when mm. you said that feeling, I was like, oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, And lately my art tried to come back to me in a dream and it kind of like waved a white flag at me by like painting a white, a white rainbow on a white canvas to say like, 
I'm sorry, and I'm here still type thing. And I haven't gone anywhere with it since then. So I'm going to embody what you've been talking about and give it a go and see what appears and let you know. And see, yeah, please do. Know. And I mean, this can translate so easy for any kind of art. Yeah. Whatever you got, whatever you're doing, because it, it's the same feeling. It's that it's that creative force creative that moves too, through yeah. us that is connected to all of us. And yeah, and if you're in a state of surrender and you're you're in collaboration with that force and you're not working against it so hard, what can you two create together? It's it's beautiful so i would yeah you said it was a white rainbow yeah or like a flag <laughs> a white rainbow on a white canvas <laughs> so it's just all white but i knew that there was a rainbow there but it was okay. all white <laughs> yeah i'd be curious if uh yeah. if you try to honor that and maybe just started called that in and been like show me show me what you want what can we do here together and mm. how can we do this and yeah, maybe there's color that fills in. Mm, that's cool. Maybe it's not even a rainbow. Maybe it's something that surprises the heck out of you and you're like, oh, damn, this has been so dormant and it has been just clawing and wanting so badly to come out. Yeah, definitely. Are you going to the International Association for the Study of Dreaming Conference this year? I am not. I'm so bummed. I was hoping it was going to be stateside, but it's it's not. But I roll Duke. I have on good authority from a lot of people is an absolutely beautiful place. Yeah. Like the it's like an old monastery and yeah, I just one of our first interviews on our podcast uh was a woman who talked about a couple of dreams that she had of that monastery um after having visited it at one of the conferences because they use that place quite often. Um so yeah, if you if you uh, and Amina have the opportunity to go, man, it's gonna be beautiful. Oh, I did man. go in 2022. I did have the opportunity to go to that conference. It was being held in Tucson, and that's where Jason, my co-host to the podcast, lives. And I was like, I have to make this work this year because not only will I get to see you, but then I'll be able to be at the conference with you. Um, and man, it was so beautiful. I got to stay with him the whole week and. I I was performing, so I performed a whole handful of these songs at the performance to a packed room of dreamers, which was like my perfect audience. And so I was able to share like I was able to share the stories of the of the dreams and how the process works me and then play the song. Wow. And man, it was so beautiful and wow. so heartfelt and everybody was crying by the end. It was yeah, it was a really gorgeous experience and people you know we all we always think like we know what people are gonna how they're gonna internalize the songs that we write or the art that we create and there was so many people that came up and told me like how certain things affected them and i was like that was this is like nothing that i could have planned for and yeah that's so it's really, awesome. really beautiful. That's so, so, so cool. I can't wait to go. We are going to go. It's our goal. And mm. for anyone listening now that hasn't heard already, Amina and I have started up a GoFundMe page to try and get us both to the Netherlands. And we're about halfway through to our goal now um, within a week. So wow. 
if yeah if you love the podcast and you love us i'll put a link in the show notes please consider a donation even like five dollars is helpful so Stephen, would you like to share the dream that you had about coming on this podcast because <laughs> <laughs> i know you and i if anyone's listened to my other episode on your podcast we meet each other in dreams and we have these like little encounters that happen before our actual encounters and it's really interesting. And mm. yeah, I was just wondering if you wanted to talk about it or not. Sure. Um, yeah, so that dream, I show up at a studio space that it was understood was where you hosted your podcast. It was like an actual like studio and I was like, wow, look at her. She's really moving on up here. Maybe it's a premonition. <laughs> <laughs> and I get in there and I'm I'm thinking that it's just me and you. And I I get in the room and then there's like four or so other people that were there to be interviewed at the same time. And at first I'm like, oh, that was not what I was expecting. Um, but they all were like really honored to have me with them and I actually I don't remember them upon awakening but in the moment it seemed like I knew who they were um, it seemed like they were all dream podcasters themselves and yeah and then the the actual studio like the the setting of it was a really weird looking space like it it was dark like it wasn't very well lit but it that lit, it wasn't like scary dark. It was just like ambient dark, and yeah, I I just remember being like, this is a really weird space, but I like it for some reason. Like it feels kind of like, for lack of a better word, like scorpionic. Like it feels like it's like deep and like but like intimate and um yeah. So then I woke up and was like. That was weird. Like, what does that even mean? And as I was like writing it in my journal, like all these like pings were happening. And I'm like, oh my God, you were like in this interview with like four other people. And like, yeah, they kind of felt like podcasters in the moment. But if I'm like really thinking about it, they they feel more archetypal. And I'm like, I have like, like I said, like the muse, the musician, the lyricist, and a couple other ones that I like really invite into this process when i sit down and i'm like they're all here to like <laughs> help me speak it and then yeah. talk about it and they want their voices heard in it and i was like that's really cool um and then the other part of it like the setting of of the studio felt a lot like uh the artwork that i have for the album for all the songs that you just we all just listened to um which is called the knowing and i had my good friend delia who's a dream worker. She's also Australian. I shouted her out in the episode second that we shout had. Out. I'll have to get yeah, her Yeah, second shout out. Um, if you can get her on, she better come on my podcast because <laughs> I've been asking her for a long time. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, Delia. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I had this really intense dream right around the time that I was like trying to figure out what this album wanted to be or like, because part of what, what fuels me as a musician like i'm a, I'm definitely an album artist like i don't really put off like one-off songs all the time like I'm, I'm really like album focused and on top of that i'm like a concept album artist so like typically the albums that i create 
not all of them like relate to a singular like idea, but um, typically it's held in this really intentional container that has some greater like connectivity to all the songs. Um, and so at the time, like I was writing so many songs, like the dreams just kept coming and coming. And I had like 22 songs written based off of dreams that I had. And I'm like, when is this album going to be done? Because just when I like think that I'm done, like, okay, we need to like get through this much, please. Um, like another dream would happen and I would start writing that song. And I'm like, oh God, this song is so good. Like this would have to be on it. And I'm like struggling to know like what the hell, like how I'm going to what put out a double album, like 25 songs. Like, no, like, come on. Who's going to listen to like a 25 song album today? Uh, so anyways, I had this dream that helped me like understand that there were two albums here. Um, and I had this dream that I was walking towards my mother and my mother saw me and she was like, oh, is that your uh, your lyric notebook? And I looked down and realized I had a notebook in my hand. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. And <laughs> we start flipping through it. And she's like, man, I bet you have a bunch of great songs in here. And we're flipping through it. And instead of it being lyrics, it's all pictures. It's like these really like intense like images. And the only one that I can remember was this image of this man who is suspended in a cylindrical water chamber. And all around him were like these like what like mad scientists kind of like vibey things and tubes and uh, pipes and it had that like dark like intimate feel and in front of that well so the man is in the tank and he's unconscious he's just floating there he's unconscious and there's a scorpion that's in the tank with him like a large scorpion and that is unconscious too and there's this wall of security guards in front of this water chamber and they, their eyes are kind of glowing and they just seem to possess this knowing and my me and my mother are looking at this image and we're like oh my god like that's intense and she's like what do you think this is and i'm like i don't know but those those guys they like really possess the knowing and i said like the knowing like it was a thing and the dream ends with that big question like what is the knowing <laughs> what do they know uh what is this and it rips apart and I was like, oh my God. Like there's so many dreams that I can see like fit with this image. So for me, like this image is like me unconscious. I'm being suspended in this water chamber. Uh, and the scorpion is there, the symbol of transformation. And it feels like in the dream that if I awaken, the scorpion also awakens. And what will that mean for me dancing in a swimming pool or like a, <laughs> a pool with a scorpion and the sting, like imagining like the sting that would come from that felt electric. It felt like it would shock me and almost like shock me back to life. So it was almost like if, if the man in the tank understands what the knowing is, if he, if he comes to know of himself and he has this awakening and he does awaken to the truth of who he is as a man of, as a human of whoever, however you want to look at that, uh, that can come with pain 
sting from the scorpion scorpion can be painful but it's also transformative it also like initiates me into being the man that i know that i am um and so that that album i listened through it and, and for me I, I hear so much of like the pain that i've had that i've carried and processing that finally and like really giving space for that and what does that mean for me as a man stepping forward of taking ownership of that and and being able to hold that for myself finally and there's this it's so much deeper and there's so many layers to that um but yeah that's ultimately like how i knew like this was its own album like this was the songbook and that was the image and so all the songs that felt connected to that went on that album and the other album that i'm about is still something that i'm working on right now and i'm about to start recording it is my ode to the muse it's it's uh it's going to be called a fire's ghost and it's all about me trying to recapture that fire and uh and to, yeah to bring bring life back into that and yeah so <laughs> wow we're gonna have um, to do an episode two when that album comes out <laughs> so we yeah. can hear all the stories about those songs that is so yeah because awesome. those are those are really special and really deep and yeah they they those were really prodding to the heart because they they connected her they mm. they they really tapped that deep longing and that soulful grace that yeah has never abandoned me but wants me to be better mm. wants me to not abandon myself if you're a musician engaging with your dreams and asking for them to give you those little snippets and to trust in them and to allow them to be seeds that grow into something really beautiful that takes you into places within yourself that you can't even anticipate right now. Um, there's been so many little snippets that I've been given that I didn't really know what to do with them at first. And I sat with them sometimes a couple months. And over time, like they worked on me and like life happened to me that informed me deeper, like what that song actually really wanted to be. And like one of them was called She's Lost to Us. I was just, uh, my co-host from the podcast, Jason, came to me in a dream and said, I want to write a song with you called She's Lost to Us. And that was pretty much it. And I woke up and was like, okay. It's a beautiful title. Yeah. It really, it's it's deep. It means something to me. But like, what does that actually want to be? And I had no idea. And I was driving far away for work one day, and I was having a real hard time with myself that day. I was really struggling to like know how to like get above these feelings that were rocking me that day. And I felt like having done this work for so many years now that will I ever get there? Will, will she ever take me back? Will, is there any hope for me? Like, and it just rocked me so hard. And I realized that that's the place it wanted to get me to, like to, to, to really feel into that cavern inside of me that, that feels bottomless. That feels like, how am I ever going to heal my soul? How am I going to ever write this relationship? Um, how do I ever, how do I ever arrive? And it, that song is this gorgeous, very heartbreaking ode to my journey of trying to like find my way back to her. And 
and speaking honestly to that feeling that she does and has felt lost to me and to really go there with that song was so deeply healing and it, it's so haunting to me to listen to now and just be like knowing that i'm i'm not fully on the other side of that it still feels like there's so much work to do yet but man that that's that's a deep well to have been dropped into and what beauty came out of that i mean it's it's a gorgeous haunting ode to loving her and that's really what this can be for you it, it can be such an access point for you to find your way into these really true feelings and to write from really true feelings that will connect with other people like this is you're going so deep into yourself that i find that it can't help but connect you truthfully with other people because your feelings aren't special like this is a human experience like this is this is a shared human experience and when you are able to be that truthful in your art that's when you have the the, the possibility and the capacity to truly touch people with it and if and if you're not only looking to just heal yourself through your art if you're if you're looking for your art to be a healing power in this world then i i don't think that you can skirt that i think i think you have to be willing to fully show yourself as raw and as vulnerable and as beautiful as possible because people know when you're when you're skirting it i mean look at all the pop songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like yeah it's cute like it's fine like but nobody's like damn that song like really yeah. gets me every time <laughs> um and if it does like god bless your soul but um well the thing is that yeah. you know as well don't you like like you were saying like sometimes you can be naturally talented at something so you don't practice and you just kind of show up and you're not giving it your all and you might even still win the show by doing so. But when you know that you haven't put your best efforts in, mm. it's sort of like you're hurting yourself. Like, what's the point? If you're going to go somewhere, like I'm a very do things at 110% kind of a person for this exact reason, because yeah. I hate the feeling that comes with something when I do a half-assed effort. And yeah, yeah, if you're skirting around things and just trying to find <laughs> the easy way to do stuff, what's the point of even doing stuff like go yeah. deep and, and bring it all i say yeah. yeah absolutely and part of what i'm trying to get to with that is like there's such a for me it's it's i write until i tap that emotional truth and i know that i hit that when it drops me deeply into it and i'm like oh shit, no this okay this is where we were going all along like oh wow um and that either comes with crying because oh my god i just touched base with a pocket of grief that i haven't touched base with in a long time um if i could just give one more example real quick of what that looks like uh so i have two kids um my daughter was just born last year She's just over a year old now, and uh, we had a real hard time making, like, we had a really hard time bringing her into the world, I guess is, is a way of saying it. And we had two miscarriages, and it was just hard to get pregnant in general. 
And the third time that we got pregnant, it was really hard to to trust that this was going to be the time. It was like really hard. And um, so just inside a couple weeks, maybe six weeks in, I have a dream that I'm showing up to my house. It's not my house, but it's the house that I know I live in in the dream. And I know that the baby's there and somehow I haven't seen the baby yet. And I run in and I'm like, oh my God, where's the baby? And my partner's there and I like your sister and my mom. And it's, everyone's all like, you know, hey, baby's here, yay. And I walk over and I pick the baby up and I'm just flooded with all of the feelings of like redemption after all of the pain we've been through. And this music just rises up in the dream and it's so redeeming. And I, I'm just bawling and it, the music just hit me. And the fact that everything that it actually finally happens has hit me. And I can hear words. And the only words that I, I was able to like take out of the dream were here we are. And Oh my God, like to have, here we are. I was just like, God, what a power punch of three words you could have given me. Mm -hmm. Like to think that like, this is it. Oh my God. But we hadn't even gone to the first ultrasound yet. So I'm like, don't you dare do this to me. Like, don't give me this song. Don't give me a dream like this unless this is the real deal. Like I will be effed up, dude. I, I will be. <laughs> And I was like, I am not going to write this song until I've I've seen that ultrasound. Did you say she was about six weeks in? Yeah, like into her pregnancy. Do you know that that's when the baby's heart starts beating? Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Ooh, that can be goosebumps. Yeah. I wonder wow. if it was around that time. It might have been. I'll have to I'll have to double back and look. Um, but yeah, so I but I was up. I it woke me up in the middle of the morning. I still had a couple hours before I had to go to work and I went down in the basement and I was sitting there and I'm like, I can't write this song because if I write this song and it happens again, like, Oh, that's going to make me so mad. <laughs> um, but I pulled up an old song. Like I had written, I had like recorded just like a chord progression, like a few weeks before it was beautiful. And I was like, I don't want to forget this. And I recorded it. And as I was opening up my recording program, I saw it like in the recently opened. And I'm like, I wonder what that sounds like. And I opened it and I listened to it. And I, I just started bawling because I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. This is it. And I I used those three words and I just started kind of messing around and seeing what it, what it could become. And this chorus just fell right out of me. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I still have like an hour before I have to start getting ready for work. And I, I just asked, like, I don't know what this song needs to be. This is very hard for me to even think about writing this song. Like, please, like, destroy me. Like, just whatever has to happen here, just, just cream me. Like, because I'm like, I need this bad. And this beautiful, very heartbreaking song just poured right out of me wrote the first verse and I was just bawling. It just touched perfectly all of my grief. And over the next three days, I wrote the whole song in like three hours worth of songwriting sessions. It just like poured right out of me. And it was 
for me, looking at it now and knowing that my daughter is here and no, having the song be, here we are, like, it became the song of, like, me, like, kind of speaking to my daughter and, like, explaining the journey that it took for us to get here. And the end of the song is, like, this beautiful, like, I can't wait to meet you so that we can welcome you and whatever, whatever. So mm -hmm. it's gorgeous. And uh, for me, knowing how hard even having that moving forward as each week went by and trusting that this was actually going to stick, uh, it was a beautiful way that my dreams had forward sight into what was going to happen, knew that this was it, and knew that for me to fully give myself to this pregnancy, I was going to have to face all of that grief that I had and that I thought I had processed, but it was clearly that it was, I mean, if I, like, even now I've been almost crying just telling that story, like really dialing back into it. There's there's so much still there for me. But man, that was like such a, it's one of the most beautiful ways that the dreams have like really helped me move through something like very specific. Like, and most of it is like me, like healing the grief of, of losing sight of myself. But this was like very specific to like something very deep and powerful that, man, that song to me is is gorgeous and it's wonderful. And I played that one in Tucson and that was, if nobody was crying up to that point, me telling that whole story and then playing <laughs> that song, that was can, the crusher. Can I have that song to put on here? The message. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your music, for sharing your dreams and for reminding us all about the profound connections between our dreams and our creative spirits. Your music is like a dream inspired odyssey and it is inviting all of us to explore the depths of our own inner worlds. Stephen, it's been an absolute honor to share this space with you and I eagerly anticipate the soulful tunes that will emerge from not only your next dreams but hearing your next album. I'm very excited about that. So thank you. Is there anything that you wanted to leave the listeners with? Any tips or messages for them at all? In like the end of March, I haven't set on an actual date, but I'll have you also put the website for the songwriting class the end of march like early april i haven't quite settled on when i when it, when the date is but that's when i'm planning on doing my next round um so if if any of this is like sounded awesome to you and you know you can do this on your own just fine i'm sure but if you want more coaching or like community and in it with a bunch of other people and I don't know. I find that it's really helpful to learn this, at least initially, from somebody who's done this kind of work before. I uh, would love to have you. And yeah, that's it's exciting for me to be able to share this because it, I, I mean, it bubbles out of me. It's, it's the link between dream work and music has been such a beautiful part of myself. And it really is like, something so unique and so niche and so like true to me for me to offer the dream work world um so anybody who's out there who's 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 feeling an itch or feeling felt something tingle or something like really hush over top of them today i would love to have you be a part of that and to welcome you into that
because it really is it's it's so deeply meaningful it's so transformational it's it's really so connecting and i can't speak to it highly enough so yeah do it do it <laughs> jump in baby <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Well, you've done a great job explaining all of that today. And yeah, it's very moving. I'm yeah, I'm blown away by today's episode. Thank you so much. And listeners, remember to embrace the night's wisdom and to let the muse of your dreams shape the music of your soul. Until next time on the Dream Hub podcast, keep dreaming and keep creating.